Merry Meet. Welcome to Witch Magic. I'm Dawn, and I will be taking you on a spiritual journey to all things magic and witchcrafts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Witch Magic. Today, we are talking about divided homes and relationships. So before I get into this episode, let me just tell you a little bit about my week. Um, Last Sunday, now as I'm recording this, It is a Wednesday night, which I usually like to do my recordings on a Wednesday and publish them on Saturday. Um, But this past Sunday, as I'm recording this, we had a girl's day where it was me and my two daughters, my mom, my sister, her mother-in-law, and my sister-in-law and her mother. (laughs) So yeah, there was quite a lot of us. There was eight of us. And we met at Olive Garden for lunch, which is, most of us, it's our favorite restaurant. And yeah, I love Olive Garden. That is one of my favorite restaurants. And we just had a blast. We were sitting around and just shooting the breeze and talking about stuff, having a nice lunch. And then we went over to Christmas tree shops to do a little bit of shopping And this is something that we like to do this time of year. Christmas tree shops are so great. I don't know if you've ever been to them, but you pretty much can find random things. You never know what you're going to find at a Christmas tree shop. And every shop is a little bit different. Now, yeah, they have the usual holiday decorations, you know, whether it's around, you know, around Christmas time, of course, they have all the Christmas and Thanksgiving and fall type decorations, um, they had a lot of like a lot of Halloween decorations that were left over that were on sale. And, you know, we just kind of go through and look at decorations, maybe buy some gifts, which I did do part of my Christmas shopping then. And so I did get quite a few gifts. And we always have this joke um, about who spends the most money. And and the reason the the way this started was When I first moved back up here, up to New England, I was living down in the South for a long time and I was struggling financially. Well, in other ways too, but let's just say financially, I was struggling. And let me just say that there were a couple of Christmases where I had to buy presents at Dollar Tree. That's how bad off I was. And even though my family is so good about, you don't need to get us a thing, you know, we understand that you're having a hard time, you know, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. I still felt like I want to do something for them because they always do something for me. And the least I could do was shop at Dollar Tree. And they, they have some cute things at Dollar Tree. I love Dollar Tree. Don't get me wrong. I love buying all my teacher supplies there and, you know, different things like that. Um, they always have a lot of nice things. But it's not something that, it's not the first store you think of to go to 
to buy presents for people around the holidays. It's just not. And, the you know, there was a couple of times I had to do that. And, and mind you, while I'm saying this, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. If that's what you need to do, because that's the position that you're in, at least you can do something. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. So there was that. But anyway, so when I first moved back up here, I got a job making way more money than I was making down south. And I was living with my parents at the time. And even though they did charge me a little bit of rent, you know, just so I could help out and, you know, they didn't charge me much. They wanted me to be able to save money, get myself back on my feet and, you know, start living my life, which I am now because, you know, I've been living with Chris for a long time. You know, we've had our own apartments the last couple of years. But anyway, the first time I went Christmas shopping that year that I moved up here, I went crazy. And by that, I mean that I was like, I'm getting this, this and that and everything else for everybody, you know, and I got everybody in my family three things each and they were great gifts. They weren't like, well, they weren't Dollar Tree gifts, which are not, I'm not saying those aren't great, but you know what I'm talking about. They, I'm not, and I'm not saying that I spent like hundreds of dollars on everybody, but I, I did good and I felt like I was, I was in the position to be able to do that, you know, after so long of not being able to do that. And it just made me feel so good to be able to, to do that for people. And I mean, with my family, you know, I have my three kids. Um, I have my grandkids. I have my brother and sister in their families. They both have two kids. And my both my parents. Um, and yeah, so everybody got three presents each. Plus, not to mention doing Secret Santa at work and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, like I said, I just went crazy. So that was... So we did joke about who spent the most money at Christmas tree shop. And it was me that year. And I was so excited. I'm like, yay, I'm finally the one that got to spend the most money, you know? Um, so it was kind of, it's kind of like an in, in-house joke between us. So that happened again this year. Um, I did spend a little bit more money than everybody else did. Um, not that it's a thing to brag about, but you know, it's just sometimes, it, it's just a funny thing now between us. You know what I mean? But anyway, Let's get back into talking about divided houses. So what do I mean about divided houses? It just means that as far as couples go, where one person has certain beliefs and the other believes in something else. You see a lot of that with sports teams. Part of the family might root for one team while the other part supports another. It's so much fun when the opposing teams play against each other, especially if it's like in the main events, like the Super Bowl or something like that. Anyway, the same goes for religious and spiritual beliefs. For instance, in my relationship with Chris, I am pagan, but Chris is Catholic, although he doesn't really practice it that much. I mean, he he doesn't really like go to church or anything like that, but he does believe in God and, you know, stuff like that. He might not believe in everything I believe in, but he is most supportive. That's the thing about a good relationship, right? It's important to let each other be their own person. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a true relationship. 
if you're not true to yourself. So what's it like to live with a muggle? It's just like any loving, trusting, supportive relationship, at least in my case. We talk about things. We joke around. We like to do things together and we have fun. We also like to relax at home after a long day at work. We both love roller coasters and have been on so many of them together. So many that we've been on apart before we met each other. But, you know, ever since we've been together, we've been on so many and been to so many different parks. We love music. So we watch concerts on TV and we went to a concert together this past summer where we saw Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison and Joan Jett. Oh my gosh, that was such an amazing show. We have also seen a group called Foreigner's Journey. I don't know if you've ever heard about them, but they uh, they cover songs from those two bands, you know, Foreigner and Journey. So Chris loves to watch YouTube and he has introduced me to people like Rhett and Link, who we have seen live, Justin Scard and Adam the Woo. We love to eat out, so we make it a point to do it every Friday. We both have kids from previous relationships as well as grandkids. We love to take walks and go on hikes when my aches and pains allow me to do so, of course. <laughs> we also enjoy taking rides in the car. Sometimes we don't have a specific destination in mind. We just drive. I can't even begin to tell you some of the spontaneous adventures we have taken. Chris is also a very tech person. I've learned so much about computers and electric cars, which I now have one. So, yep, it's good to know. Now, what is it like for him to live with a witch? It's just like any loving, trusting, supportive relationship, at least in his case. He has learned a little bit about my beliefs and my craft. He had even tried some herbal remedies that I've concocted. My favorite holiday is Halloween, and he humors me by participating in the events, such as our annual party, where we dress up and go to haunted happenings. He has even made a Halloween playlist. I love everything pumpkin spice, and I kind of got him into liking it almost as much. I said almost as much, not quite. I'm a nut when it comes to pumpkin spice. He will try something that I have, and he usually loves it. And I get involved in a lot of things. My mind is always, always working. I have a few YouTube channels, my podcast. I've done multi-level marketing. Plus, I can't even begin to count how many Facebook groups I have created for different subjects. I was like, I went through a really bad phase where I was just a creating, create your own Facebook group junkie. I don't know. It was, it's crazy. So relationships, relationships are about compromise. We don't always like or even appreciate the same things, and that's okay. There was a time when Chris really wanted seafood, and I don't like seafood. In fact, being in a seafood restaurant makes me nauseous with all the smells. But I wanted to, you know, support him and what he likes, and he really wanted seafood one night when we were supposed to go out to dinner. So we went to this little seafood restaurant, and let me tell you, the whole drive there, I was a nervous wreck because I'm thinking to myself, oh man, I really want to be able to sit through this. I really want to be able to go there because I know they, they sell like chicken fingers and stuff, which I could have, or I could have a salad, you know, but my, my issue was what if I can't stand the smell? What if I get nauseous and I can't stay, 
you know, he wouldn't be mad at me, of course, you know, because he knows. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't I, I don't want to be selfish. You know what I'm saying? Even though I know it's not really selfish, but you know what I mean? Like I wanted to be able to do something that he really wanted to do. So we went into this restaurant and it didn't really smell bad at all, to be honest. Um, it kind of smelled like when you go to like a beachside seafood place, um, you know, it smells more like the fried clams and everything like that. And that I could tolerate. It's that heavy, heavy fishy smell that I really don't like. But anyway, we went in and we sat down and I looked at the menu and sure enough, there was only really one thing I could get. <laughs> so I ordered that. I ordered, it was chicken fingers and french fries. And he had salmon. That was one of the things he had. And he asked me to try it. He goes, you know, because I, I do like tuna fish. I will say that. I do like tuna fish. And um, so he said, well, you know, salmon kind of tastes like tuna. So I said, all right. So he gave me a bite. And it wasn't so bad. You know, it did taste a little like tuna with a kick, you know. Um, not, not something that I would eat all the time, to be honest. But I started getting braver and I started wanting to try more things that he had on his plate such as shrimp. <laughs> so I, he gave me a piece of shrimp and I, it took me so long to put it in my mouth. And I was looking around the restaurant, I think, see, making sure no one was looking at me because I really didn't want to offend all the seafood lovers there by, you know, making a grossed out face or anything like that. So finally, I took a bite of the shrimp and I did not like it. It was so rubbery and it just, uh, mm, yeah, I didn't like it so much. And he, he, you know what? He loved it that I tried it. You know, that was the thing. And I will say, though, there was another time we went to a restaurant and he ordered salmon. It wasn't a seafood restaurant, but, and I wanted to try a bite. And at that point, at that time, I did not like it because it did taste too fishy. But you know what? This is the thing about it. It's It's like making these little compromises you know we don't have to go to a seafood restaurant every week that's the thing you know once in a while is okay you know and I have no problem um if he eats any kind of seafood in any restaurant that we go to he has you know and it doesn't bother me and I'm not a I don't eat red meat or pork or anything so you know he likes his steaks and all that kind of stuff and you know what he gets it he eats it and it doesn't bother me one single bit because you know what? I don't have to eat it, right? So <laughs> anyway, whew, I know I was rambling on. I'm sorry about that. But so neither one of us are big sports fans. So there's no division there. Like I was talking about before with the families having divided sports teams. But <clears throat> it's little things, you know. For instance, he's team Coke while I'm team Pepsi. He drinks coffee while I drink tea. He loves peanut butter and I love chocolate. Well, hey, you put the two of those together and you have a Reese's, right? So that's good. We both love that. The truth is, nothing gets in the way of how we feel about each other. I've known other couples who have different beliefs or are of different religions or cultures. There was a couple I knew a long time ago. They were customers in a cafeteria that I used to work at. Anyway, the guy was Jewish and she was Catholic. 
One day I asked them how they celebrate the holidays because I thought that they must have to separate and, you know, celebrate with their own side of the family. So they told me that they celebrate all of their holidays together. In fact, they said it was pretty cool because they get to celebrate extra holidays. I thought that was so cool, and I was very happy with that answer, honestly. Now, there might be some differences in a relationship that are a little uncomfortable to deal with, such as, say, if one was a smoker and the other isn't. How about if one drinks while the other is a recovering alcoholic? By the way, neither one of us smokes, me or Chris don't smoke and we don't drink. Well, we might have a drink or two once in a while, but nothing extreme. And all of this is true for all couples, whether you're a heterosexual couple or a gay couple, or you are an interracial or mixed culture couple. We all have something that's going to be different than our partner. What if there's a major age gap? How do you handle things then? Luckily, Chris and I are only four months apart, but I have been with guys older than me in the past, and I've been with guys younger than me in the past. As much as a big age gap can have its difficulties, it can also work out if both partners come to agreements and compromise. What if you love your partner so much, but there's that one little thing you're not too crazy about? Like, maybe they have a tattoo, but you've always thought tattoos were ugly or lame. By the way, I have eight tattoos and Chris has zero, but he does love all my tattoos. Or how about facial hair? Listen, I used to be turned off by facial hair, and I don't mean to offend any of you guys out there that have the facial hair, but I like Chris's because it's it's not too much. He has a little mustache and a very subtle beard, and I just love it. So if your partner has or does something that's kind of a pet peeve of yours, how do you handle it? Do you just deal with it? Do you learn to love it? Or is it a deal breaker? What I'm trying to say with all this, and this might sound like a lecture and I apologize for that, I don't know, is that a divided house can make for a great relationship because it means you're your own person. Let them have their hobbies while you have yours. Chris likes to watch YouTube while I like to read. But guess what? We are both in the room together, still spending time with each other. You can learn a lot from your partner when you talk about their interests. In a nutshell, witches and muggles can live together and live a normal life happily ever after. All right, everyone. So that's all I have to say about that. But before I let you go, I want to do a rune reading. And here is my bag of runes. Sure, you can. I'm shuffling through the bag right now. And this is just going to be a one, one, uh, one rune reading, a single rune reading. And hopefully it'll have something to do with what's going on for what's going on this time of year. And, you know, I try to think about stuff that I want to know about. Usually when I do a reading for myself, that's what I do. But this is kind of just a generalized um, random reading. So bear with me as I try to find the right rune. Uh, here it is. Okay. All right. Now I go to my trusty book of runes. 
So I have drawn the rune of Gibo, and it means partnership in a gift. And this is what it says. Drawing this rune is an indication that partnership in some form is at hand. Oh my goodness. What are we talking about? In love relationships, in business matters, in partnering of every kind, you were put on notice not to collapse yourself into that union. For true partnership is achieved only by separate and whole beings who retain their separateness even as they unite. What have we been talking about? Remember to let the winds of heaven dance between you. At the same time, there is another aspect of partnership that you are being called to consider. For the path of partnership can lead you to the realization of, of a still greater union, union with the higher self, union with the divine. The ultimate gift of this rune is that the realization of the divine in all things. God always enters into equal partnerships. God, and of course, as we goddess, you know, and whatever your higher being is. Gibo, the rune of partnership, has no reverse, for it signifies the gift of freedom from which flow all other gifts. And this rune looks like an X, and that's why it doesn't have any reverse, because even if you put it upside down, it's still an X, right? Wow. Okay, you guys, was that amazing or what? We were talking about relationships, and we drew that rune, and that just made perfect sense to what we were talking about. I'm going to put that back in the bag. All right. All right, everyone. So come join us on the Witch Magic Facebook group. And you can also connect with me on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to support the show, which I hope that you do, you can do so by sharing it with your family and friends, if they're interested in this type of thing, that is. And give my show a five-star rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. Please, it, I would really appreciate it if you took a moment out of your time to do that. That would mean the world to me. If you want to take the support a step further, you can donate to my Patreon or Coffee pages. I have built tiers on both platforms that you will get perks, such as extra content, shoutouts, discounts on merch, and more. So please just go check that out. It doesn't cost anything to check it out. And speaking of merch, I do have t-shirts available with the Witch Magic logo. So if you're interested, you can order that on my coffee shop. Links to all of these are on the show notes. I appreciate and I'm thankful to all my listeners, whether you tune in once a week or once in a while, and whether you've been listening since the beginning or you are listening to the show for the first time. It means a lot to me that you take the time to tune in. Okay, I guess I'm being a little long-winded here like I've been this whole episode, so I'll let you guys go. Um, until next time, have a very magical week. So that's going to do it for today. I will be airing these podcasts about once a week, so be sure to tune in. You might want to choose to get notified when I air so that you don't miss a thing. If you have any comments, please feel free to connect with me on my Facebook group. I will leave the link to that along with my website on the show notes. Blessed be.